This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive Budget Beach Finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Generations Riviera Maya Resort and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. I remember so clearly the first time I told this story. It was to my good friend Johnny at a bar in Atlanta during the summer of 2003. After a few bourbon on the rocks, the details were just flowing out of me. Muhammad Ali was back to boxing in the fall of 1970 after a three-year suspension for refusing to enter the military draft. There were celebrities, politicians, journalists, and hustlers from all over the country that converged into Atlanta to celebrate his return. I told him about a hustler named Gordon Williams, a.k.a. Chicken Man, who was throwing the biggest party of his life. But when his guests walked inside, they were greeted by seven masked gunmen with sawed-off shotguns who escorted them down to the basement, stripped them out of their clothes, and robbed them of a million dollars in cash and jewelry. When I was done, Johnny looked at me with a shocked expression on his face. Slowly, he turned to the stranger sitting at the bar on his left and said, You've got to hear this story. Then he looked back at me and demanded, Tell it again, Jeff. Okay, Johnny, here it is. Why did the press keep following this story? Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay. That's number one. Number two, it was, it was a million dollar robbery. robbery. You heard the word black mafia. Yeah. I said they robbed the black mafia. Yeah. This fight represented the birth for Muhammad Ali. All the hotels were sold out. Guys had their Rolls Royces flown to Atlanta. Beautiful people, movie stars. Ali was in exile in the boxing community. He was stripped of his heavyweight title and the big fight commissions, no one would touch him. They wasn't jiving, they, they were serious robbers. If they had known who they were robbing, then they would have robbed him. So when did the investigation end? You want the truth. When everybody was dead, dead, dead. From iHeartRadio and Doghouse Pictures, this is Fight Night. I'm Jeff Keating. Ever since I was a kid, I've had a passion for true crime. It all started 40 years ago with my dad in a hotel room in New York City. He showed me a very R-rated film, 
the French Connection behind my mom's back. This 1970s true crime thriller starred Gene Hackman as the fearless detective Popeye Doyle and Fernando Rey as the cunning French heroin smuggler known as Frog One. It was a classic depiction of cop versus criminal, cat versus mouse, but also showed the incredibly thin line between police and the criminals they chase. Needless to say, I was hooked. Fast forward 20 years later, my dad told me a true crime story that had all the same things I loved about that movie. This one was based in my hometown of Atlanta, Georgia. Another classic case of cop versus criminal. But this time, the cat protects the mouse. Good morning. Good morning, sir. How you doing? I think I'm okay. This is my dad, Tom Keating. He was in Atlanta the night of the fight. In fact, he was at the hotel where Muhammad Ali was staying, and I called him to ask him a few questions about what it was like. And I would have been uh, out of my element, and it was just an overwhelming array of glitter and clothing and colors and festivities and pomp and circumstance, uh, which later was called the... uh, you know, the most unusual collection of black power and black money uh, and sports and and history coming together in a city, uh, in our city, and the city that I'd been in since 65. So it would have been just over... Years later, when I was an aspiring screenwriter in my early 30s, my dad told me this incredible story for the very first time. He remembered the headline from the morning he left on his honeymoon with my mom. So I dragged him down to the Decatur Library to find out more. After hours searching through microfilm, we finally got it. This is from the Atlanta Journal Evening Edition, October 27, 1970. It was written by Orville Gaines and Larry Woods. The headline reads like this. After fight partygoers robbed of 100,000 in cash, jewelry. My dad grinned when he saw my reaction and I said to him, This is going to be my next film. This set me on a path that led to the podcast you're listening to right now. The interviews in this show span close to four decades and were sourced from all kinds of things like VHS tapes, microcassette, camcorders, phone calls, anything I could get my hands on. Some of these tapes were never meant to be heard by anyone but me. So bear with me because some of the recordings are higher quality than others. But now... Many of the people involved in this story are no longer alive, and I need you to hear from them, the ones who lived it, in their own words, so you can truly believe what happened. After researching several more articles from newspapers around the country, I was able to zero in on one of the top cops on the case, J.D. Hudson. And with the help of the Public Affairs Division of the Atlanta Police Department, I tracked him down and got an interview. On July 1st, 2002, I parked my SUV on a street in southwest Atlanta and walked to the front of J.D. Hudson's house. I knocked lightly on the door and waited. When he finally came out, J.D. immediately reminded me of the character Shaft, played by Richard Roundtree in the 1970s crime films. You ain't gonna do shit. Shaft's his name. Shaft's his game. He blocked the entrance while puffing on a White Owl miniature cigar and blew a big smoke ring that engulfed my head. He said, 
I don't have to talk to you. I don't have to talk to anybody. Now get inside. While I was grateful to escape the heat, J.D. was not particularly welcoming. He didn't say a word as he led me back to his living room and plopped down into his worn recliner, turned his attention back to the Williams sisters playing at Wimbledon on TV. J.D. made it clear he would not be turning off the game, though he did lower the volume a notch as kind of a throwaway courtesy. I pressed the record button and I asked my first question. What happened the night of the robbery? This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise. Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive Budget Beach Finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Generations Riviera Maya Resort and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. All right, take me back to this party because I'm still confused about the point of the thing. Let me try to get that straight for you. I think it was Fireball's birthday. J.D. told me about a hustler named Fireball who asked his friend Chicken Man to host a big party in Atlanta after the Ollie Corey fight. A who's who of hustlers and gangsters from New York, Philly, Miami, and other big cities around the country were all invited. Chicken Man wanted this to be like New Year's Eve, the Super Bowl, and Mardi Gras all rolled into one. And the Fireball wanted to throw a big party uh, in Atlanta after the fight. Okay. When you talk about a hustler's party, rich, very rich people having all the food you can eat. Right. All of which you can drink. Okay. Okay. Therefore, all the big shots are there and all the pretty girls are there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's movie kind of stuff. I mean, stacks of money, hundred dollar bills, you know. Right. A normal hustler's party. J.D. had risen through the ranks of the Atlanta Police Department to become the first black man in charge of internal affairs. He also knew the world of these hustlers. 
and he personally knew several of the people directly involved in the party and the robbery. In fact, he grew up with some of them in a predominantly black neighborhood in Atlanta known as Buttermilk Bottom. I grew up in Atlanta, a neighborhood known as well, Old Fourth Water Buttermilk Bottom. I was baptized at age 12 in the Butler Street Baptist Church on Butler and Ellis Street. And I went to Simon School every Sunday, church every Sunday, and DYP on a Wednesday. J.D. knew the world of hustlers and low-level criminals from an early age, but he was also front and center in the earliest days of the Civil Rights Movement. And also, that's why I had contact with Andy Young, started cooking, and M.L. King and I were friends, and you know, most people in the uh, movement, Lonnie King, Ben Brown, we were all friends, we were peers, we grew up together. Grew up in the, all of us grew up in the YMCA together. The Butler Street YMCA was a very important institution located uh, in the Sweet Auburn District of the Old Fourth Ward. This is Dr. Maurice Hobson, Atlanta historian, scholar, and author of the award-winning book, The Legend of the Black Mecca, Politics and Class in the Making of Modern Atlanta. Though it served as, you know, a venue for the Young Men's Christian Association, it also served as the venue for the Hungry Club, which was the black political sphere in Atlanta. So any political figure that was interested in courting the black vote had to come to the Butler Street YMCA. As with most places in the United States, African-Americans were designated to low-lying areas that oftentimes would flood. It was undesirable land because standing water or stagnant water that made it more accessible for yellow fever, malaria. Across the American South, if you lived in that area, that was called the bottom. So every black community across the American South, there's always the bottoms and it usually floods, that particular area becomes very much a haven as to how Black America really begins to congregate. J.D. never intended to be a cop, but when he decided to take the officer's exam, he aced it. He was destined for a life enforcing the law as one of Atlanta's first Black policemen. And I sat down and took the exam and made the highest mark. That's how I became a police officer. I was sworn in by Chief Hagler. Herbert Jenkins, and he swore me in as a nigger police. Swore me in as a nigger police. J.D. dealt with the same struggles that many black men and women faced in Atlanta during the Civil Rights Movement. And the chief of police, Herbert E. Jenkins, who swore J.D. in using a racial slur, would develop into a progressive leader defending the black citizens in the city. Notice, I, I didn't notice it. I just thought about it in retrospect uh, some years later. Uh, when he evolved and probably being one of the most liberal uh, police chiefs in the country. You know, it was no accident that the headquarters of all the civil rights movements are located in Atlanta because of the protection provided by the Atlanta city government through Herbert Jenkins. He would not allow whites to attack blacks in Atlanta, and he demanded. We don't have rights in Atlanta. Atlanta was not going to be torn apart by rights. Now, we were restrictive. We could not arrest white people. We could not arrest white people in Atlanta. When the first black cops were commissioned by the city of Atlanta, it was seen as purely ceremonial and symbolic. However, the power bestowed upon them as police officers had little to no effect. Uh, they had no real policing powers. They could not arrest white people. They were not even allowed to use the locker rooms at the Atlanta police station, and so they had to get dressed 
at the Butler Street YMCA. Oh, we worked uh, Auburn Avenue, Vine City, Forest Avenue, whatever that was, Buttermint Bottom. We gradually expanded, but we started with those very restrictive things. We went for eight hours. We were not allowed to drive through in uniform through the white community. Uh, we were not allowed to wear our uniforms home because we might offend some white person. It was fascinating, you know, you are a guy who had unprecedented authority in the black community. No black man had wielded the authority in Atlanta, in the city, as a matter of fact, that a black policeman did. People did what you told them to do. People asked you for information if you were the Webster Dictionary. People smiled and waved at you. As a matter of fact, people followed us around as if we were on parade. Oh, black people were very proud of us. Yes, they were. Black communities of Atlanta were extremely proud of these black police officers. And one of the things that was characteristic of these police officers is that many of them were from the community in which they were police. And so there was a trust between black communities and the black police officers. When the rules and laws changed, uh, you still had hostility, you had resentment. Uh, I had a couple of guys who didn't want to work for me who were white. But once they worked for me, they didn't want to leave me. Well, I was... Uh, I, it's the top of the hill. I was, I was hot stuff. I was a police celebrity. I was the envy of my white brothers on the police department. They used to beg to work with me so they could make some cases. J.D. had been dealing with inequality and racial tension on the Atlanta police force for years. In fact, early on, he wasn't allowed to arrest white people but he would eventually be faced with an even more complicated dilemma, having to arrest black people who were out fighting for his rights as a black man. This tension came to a head at a place called Leb's Diner. Here's Dr. Hobson. So Leb's Diner was a New York delicatessen that was located across from what is now the Rialto on Lucky and Forsyth. In the early 1960s, it was a whites-only restaurant with the students of the Atlanta Student Movement. It was one of the restaurants where black students would come and promote nonviolent direct action. And so this was one of the lunch counters that they would go to and ask to be seated in a respectful manner. And usually the police would show up. I had to arrest people uh, during the civil rights movement uh, who were fighting for my freedom, for my right to vote, my right to be a citizen. I had to arrest them. You know, so... Uh, I guess I should be a very bitter man. Some of the challenges of a black police officer was how to earn the respect of their constituency, but at the same time, how to enforce the laws, which sometimes are created to marginalize, disfranchise, criminalize, and demonize the same communities in which they're from. Oftentimes, black police officers may have been harder on black communities than white police officers because what the black police officers were trying to do was trying to show the white establishment that they were not like some of these criminals in the black community. Being one of the first black police officers in the country was very empowering for J.D., but it also presented a constant stream of moral dilemmas. As he rose through the ranks of the Atlanta PD, his job became increasingly complicated, a delicate balancing act between his responsibilities and limitations as a black cop. This is it, your moment. 
This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise. Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive Budget Beach Finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Generations Riviera Maya Resort and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. By 1970, J.D. Hudson had been promoted to the head of internal affairs for the Atlanta Police Department. Having risen through the ranks more slowly, he says, because he was never one to suck up to his superiors. It was the same year that J.D. was given an incredible assignment. To guard Muhammad Ali, a.k.a. Cassius Clay, in the days leading up to his triumphant return to boxing. I had the responsibility of uh, guarding Cassius Clay because there had been about 5,000 threats against his life. So I had been with him all day, and I carried him to the fight and led him into the ring. As a matter of fact, I got beat up because he was, had his arms around me, and I was walking in front of him. And guys, people was punching and going on and hitting and pulling at him. So, uh, I was at the fight. I stayed with him for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, from the time he got here to the time he left, uh, I ran into all kinds of people, the rich and the famous and all that stuff. But J.D. had no idea about the million-dollar heist which was brewing behind the scenes of Ali's comeback fight, or that less than 24 hours later, the chief of police would assign him the case of his life. J.D.'s assignment made perfect sense. He was the best man for the job, and one of the only men on the force who was able to navigate the world of both cops and criminals. And he understood the relationship between the two. Were there any policemen that were involved in the, you know, illegal activities back in the 70s at that time? Police were involved in every hustle in every city in this country, okay? The money is exchanging hands. Always has. Always has. Always will. Okay. 
and the press is trying to clean us up. Right. And I'm being a traitor to policemen because they don't like me. <laughs> because this ain't supposed to be said. Everybody loves a crooked cop. Everybody loves a crooked cop. And everybody encourages a cop to be crooked. They won't admit it. Oh, hell, I don't care. Too many policemen on too many hustles payroll. Right. See, that's a world that you don't know about. I, yeah, that's what I'm trying to research. I know. That's a world that you don't know about. Chief of Police Herbert E. Jenkins needed J.D. for two reasons. To navigate racial tensions and because he was an honest cop. But J.D. said that Jenkins' confidence in him was isolated. He felt that others on the force, the press, and even the FBI seemed to judge him based on racial stereotypes, which had been advanced by pop culture for decades. So you're so young, you don't understand. <laughs> All black folk do the step and fetch you, and you're dumb as hell. So step and fetch it was more or less kind of a blackface caricature. When we begin to talk about caricatures, particularly black caricatures, what we're talking about are aspects of minstrel shows. Oh, we ain't got no candy to fit in no box that big. This is not for candy. This happens to be a coffin. And so there's a long-standing history in the United States dating back to the 1820s that deals with uh, minstrel shows. And what minstrel shows are were these exaggerated characters of who black people were supposed to be that were often performed by white ethnics. And so they took a fictitious narrative of who black people were as dumb and ignorant and promiscuous and, and you know, self-loathing and slow on the uptake. They took that to be real. And so when we think about the embodiment of, you know, an Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben, uh, step and fetch it. The notion was to promote a white supremacy that showed that the most unintelligent white person was smarter than the smartest black person. This was a real conversation around white supremacy. You don't know nothing for nothing. The dumbest white man is smarter than the smartest black man, okay? As in a southerner, my age. You tell you that, okay? Right. Now, I, I had to take orders from guys who couldn't shine my shoes, really. Right. My bosses. Right. I'm a lawyer. I know you are. <laughs> Funny thing about it, I knew what happened. I knew about the party. I knew about the people. I understood the culture of the night in question, the culture of the people there. So now J.D. is heading up the investigation into the heist that stole the spotlight and the headlines from Muhammad Ali's epic comeback fight. And in those headlines, you start to see a very interesting narrative emerge. Fight fans are invited by engraved invitation to $100,000 holdup. Police say holdup conceived in New York. Lottery figure and girlfriend sought in $200,000 fight party. Plucked by robbers too, Chicken Man says. Chicken Man? Who was this Chicken Man? I had to find out. So I kept digging into more and more headlines and saw this name, Chicken Man, pop up over and over again as the prime suspect who organized the heist. I asked J.D. about it, and he said that his boss, the FBI, and other policemen were pushing this hustler, street named Chicken Man, as the prime suspect. But J.D. wasn't so sure. Chief Chapin, who at that time was superintendent of Texas, I believe, uh, 
he said that he had the most reliable information in the world uh, that was chicken man in his group, that he set the whole thing up. That was just a bunch of bull. I couldn't tell my boss that, but I told the chief that. Uh, so the chief said, it's your decision. You make it. And I did. Chicken Man had been a person of interest to the Atlanta PD for years, for crimes ranging from bootlegging and drugs to running illegal lotteries. J.D.'s boss, Chief of Detectives Charles Chafin, believed Chicken Man had organized the after-hours party, so he had all the inside information he needed to also organize the heist. But J.D. didn't believe the heist originated in Atlanta at all. In fact, he thought Chicken Man had nothing to do with it. J.D. would turn out to be on to something with that New York connection, and we'll explore that in more depth throughout the story. But for now, what's important to remember is that Chicken Man, whose real name was Gordon Williams, was already a big-time hustler making a lot of money in Atlanta. J.D. believed it just didn't make sense for him to put all of that on the line by robbing his own party, let alone the types of high-level gangsters that could have and would have had him killed. J.D. had a moral code. While he was absolutely tough as nails as a cop, and wanting to put away criminals, he would never even consider pinning a crime on someone that didn't do it. And he resented those above and around him who would have done just that. I always called myself a cold-blooded professional. You know, I didn't care who you were. I loved or hated you. It had nothing to do with me enforcing the law. If you were my best friend and I caught you violating the law, I'd lock you up. You were my worst enemy, person I hated with all kind of passion. If you didn't do anything wrong, I wasn't going to bother you. And it bothered me that policemen were, in fact, trying to get this man killed. I knew they were going to kill him. And the police were going to be responsible because they kept on blessing his name out there. Police and FBI. They thought he had robbed a black mafia. The biggest black hustlers in this country. Some of the toughest men in this country. Some of the deadliest men in this country. Guys who would not hesitate to blow your head off because you stepped on their shoes they would have killed him. And according to the New York Times, that's exactly what they did. Wednesday, October 28, 1970, informed sources associated with the police department suggested today that the police believe Williams planned the robbery to raise funds to repay a large debt. The sources also said that the Atlanta police now believe Williams is dead as the result of a contract released on him gangland terminology for an arrangement of his murder. And over the next six months, more bodies would be discovered from Atlanta to New York. As I read this article on microfilm at the Decatur Library, my mind was racing. My main source for this story, the lead investigator into the heist, Detective J.D. Hudson, didn't believe Chicken Man had anything to do with the robbery. But now I find out he's dead. So if Chicken Man didn't do it, Who did? And who killed Chicken Man? Fight Night is a joint production from iHeartRadio, Will Packer Media, and Doghouse Pictures in association with Psychopia Pictures. Produced and hosted by Jeff Keating. Executive producers are Will Packer, James Lopez, Kenny Burns, Dan Bush, Lars Jacobson, and Noel Brown. 
Supervising producer is Taylor Shacoin. Story editors are Noel Brown and Dan Bush. Written by Jeff Keating and Jim Roberts. Edited by Matt Owen. Mixing and sound design by Jeremiah Kulani Prescott. Music written and performed by the Diamond Street Players. Additional music by Ben Lovett. Audio archives courtesy of WSB News, Film, and Videotape Collection, Brown Media Archives, University of Georgia Libraries. Special thanks to Dr. Maurice Hobson and David Davis. What if we told you about a major breakthrough on awesome savings on all-inclusive beach vacays? OMG, this could break the case. Case? I'm talking about CheapCaribbean.com. It's full of hot savings. At CheapCaribbean.com, score an extra $175 off site-wide on vacations of four nights or more now through June 3rd. Swim up bar in Punta Cana or dip your toes in the sand on the shores of Cancun. We gotta take this show on the road. Start at CheapCaribbean.com. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.